0: Welcome to Checking In, the podcast that looks at the people, the issues, and the trends shaping the dynamic and exciting hotel business. We sit down with leaders, hoteliers, and industry experts as they share best practices, highlight smart solutions, and discuss strategies for growth, ultimately helping hoteliers better understand and affect positive change to grow their businesses. Now, here is your host, editor, and publisher of Hotelier Magazine, Rosanna Kyra.
1: Today, it's my pleasure to welcome a trio of general managers to join us as part of my checking in podcast. Over the past three months, as COVID 19 has turned our world upside down, the hotel industry has struggled to deal with a litany of challenges, starting with a global lockdown and travel restrictions around the world. But through it all, the industry has shown tremendous heart and spirit as it's been forced to pivot in many directions. Now, as hotels start to slowly reopen, we're looking forward to a better understanding of what we can expect in this new landscape, but also how luxury hotels may be forced to evolve in this new normal that is anything but normal. So let's get started today by introducing our wonderful trio of GMs. First, I'd like to welcome Gary Collins, GM of the Pan Pacific Hotel in Vancouver. Hanny Rustam, Managing Director of the Hazelton Hotel in Toronto. And last but not least, Frank Arnold, GM of the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Toronto. So welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for taking time today to join me here as we speak about the challenging days that we're all living through. I thought perhaps to get started, it would be a great introduction to, um, to hear how the lockdown has personally affected you and also how it's professionally imp- impacted on your hotel so if we could start with uh, just getting a better understanding of what this difficult period has been like for you and I thought uh, Gary we're going to start with you out in uh, Canada's beautiful west coast tell us a little bit about how this uh, incredibly challenging time has affected you and the hotel well you know
0: at first it was uh, it was really difficult to understand because it all happened so fast. Um, you know, see a complete shutdown of our city and, uh, and see, um, um, you know, all of the hotels in the city shut down and then Robson street, which is our shopping uh, district, all, you know, boarded up and everything else. It was a, it was a very, very difficult thing to understand. And so it affects everybody, uh, personally when something like that happens. And, uh, and to see it happen to, uh, to your hotel and to see it uh, having to see all these people out of work and um, not expecting it. You know, it's funny, many of us have been through business cycles. We've been through the, the, the 2008 uh, 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 financial problems, we went through 9 uh, 11. Nothing, nothing compares to what has happened here. Nothing. So you know, personally, it's sometimes really hard to stay positive when something like that happens. But you need uh, you need to remain positive as much as you possibly can, and uh, people are looking for leadership during that period. So it's um, it's uh, it's hard to stay focused, but um, that's what we do.
1: And it's hard to stay positive, as you mentioned. Um, personally, Gary, were you working through the whole period? Was your hotel opened or were you, um, in, you know, partial or, or total closed in?
0: We didn't ever fully close. Um, we uh, we remained open with a very, very small crew, uh, skeleton crew. And there was a few reasons that we remained open. Uh, number one, building this we were attached to the Convention Centre and the World Trade Centre. Uh, it's very difficult to just lock the doors and walk away. Um, but the, um, uh, we also have lots of calls coming in. We've got lots of alarm systems. We've got 503 rooms. So uh, you have to keep the water running. You have to keep all of that that stuff happening. You've got a full engineering crew that needs to be uh, maintaining the building. And, um, and we have uh, our reservations lines that we're ringing off hook with cancellations. So, you know, it's uh, you have to maintain all of that. So we thought it's no point closing if we've got people here. We might Mm -hmm. as well just if anybody wants to uh, come and stay here, they can come stay here.
1: Okay. well, that's uh, that sounds par for the course with a lot of hotels over this uh, period. Hani, how about from your perspective? um, What has this lockdown looked like for you personally and professionally?
2: Yeah, uh, Rosanna, I just want to really start by thanking you for uh, inviting me to really participate in this podcast, and uh, it's a pleasure to also uh, uh, join my colleagues over here, Frank and Gary. I mean, not uh, to, to echo Gary's uh, thoughts, it was uh, I, I thought uh, uh, everything happened so fast uh, and it's just heartbreaking. I never thought I'll live the day where I'll see the doors of our hotel. Uh, mind you, all the hotels or many of the hotels to really be shuttered and closed and to really see that happening in that in that speed uh, it was a little bit you know um, uh, uneasy to really absorb and uh, to really adapt to uh, but you know you 've got to really immediately shift into crisis mode and you need to really try to uh, adapt and uh, as Gary said, keep that positive outlook there and uh, uh, and as a leader understand and assess the situation and act accordingly uh so uh, so um, i think it's it's a, it's a similar phase that we all had uh, well we uh, were th- uh, went through and i think you know um it's important throughout all this as gary mentioned to really maintain that positive outlook uh and uh, the optimist um, view that I think we hospitality professionals all have on life, on things, and, and uh, on our career and, and on hospitality as well.
1: And Hani, um, like you, like Gary, were you um, also never shut down completely? You were at the hotel. I know you had a lot going on. The hotel was actually somewhat open.
2: Uh, uh, great question, Rosanna. So, you know, the Hazleton um, um, uh, is, is a hotel and residences at the same time. So while we really had to shutter our doors, uh, and, and I mean that uh, the hotel doors, uh, we really had and continued providing the essential services to our residences in the building. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting because of that different component. It, it put a little, a little bit of a different light on it for you. That is right. Um, Frank, how about from your perspective? The Ritz-Carlton is, you know, downtown Toronto, business area, uh, very high-end operation. How did this affect uh, your hotel and and you personally as the GM?
3: Well, good afternoon. Uh, I'm uh, uh, honored to be on this call with my colleagues, with you, Rosanna. Thank you for inviting me. Um, We had to... uh, assess the situation when uh, when uh, COVID became uh, an issue, where uh, <clears throat> you know cancellations came uh, very abruptly, uh, it came as a tsunami. It didn't come uh, gradually; it didn't come little by little. It came as a tsunami, and I think when the sports events uh, started to be cancelled, then uh, it provoked the, the cancellation of, of everything. So I would say that in a matter of seven to ten days, we went from a very busy, successful Forbes five-star luxury rich Carlton Toronto to <clears throat> to closing. Uh, we to closing the hotel. We also have a an, an important uh, portion of our business is other residences. But uh, we have a a dedicated team to that, and uh, we were not in a position to maintain the services normally provided to the residences. Uh, We did that for a week, trying to survive. But then very rapidly, we had to evaluate whether it made um, first uh, sense uh, when it comes to guest safety, employee safety, and uh, financial sense. And we, we evaluated that in order to to in order to provide a minimum amount of services commensurate with luxury hospitality, it did not make sense with the, the reservations were dropping and uh, cancelled. and uh, we very quickly evaluated that uh, and, and until we are in a position to get above a certain level of activity. The fixed costs are, are, are too elevated to operate. Nevertheless, we still have a, a very high burn rate on a monthly basis in order to maintain the building with um, our engineer. You know, a minimum engineering team. As Gary said, we need to keep the water running. Uh, we need to uh, keep the building at you know, a certain level of temperature. We need to. Uh, so we have engineers. We have we have a, um, a security loss prevention uh, department uh, in place and we kept our, our executive committee uh, on a, uh, a four day work week basis, because when they started, we had to start planning to reopen. Uh, and uh, so what is very unique about this situation is that we're still in the midst of it. And uh, the news that we're receiving are not uh, particularly optimistic when it comes to reopening, especially given that uh, I believe the, the three of us, uh, especially here in Toronto, we depend uh, to a large extent to uh, to, our, to our American markets and uh, and sources. Therefore, uh, feeder markets and those feeder markets are in jeopardy at the moment, and they, it's not getting any better. Therefore, the visibility we're still in, the, in pretty much uh, you know like me in the dark when it comes to uh, to uh, to business uh, and how the business will uh, evolve and change in the future. So uh, I understand different strategy, different approaches to that. But uh, you know, if if we start opening just with guest rooms and very minimal skeleton crew, you know, serving in-room dining, and it's it's not really commensurate with uh, with the Ritz Carlton. So I'd rather actually start to open a terrace, a spa operation, rather than to open the Ritz Carlton as uh, the Ritz Carlton in Toronto as as as, as a fully fledged five-star hotel.
1: Well, you've raised some interesting points. I mean, you're absolutely right about the tsunami. This Nobody expected this, and it came so suddenly. But you also raise a, a good point that, you know, we tend to think, okay, hotels are just locking down for this period, but it's hard to lock down a huge enterprise like that, as you mentioned, when water is needed, when heating is needed, and you don't know how long this is going to last. So those are all great points. And, um, Gary, from your point of view, as It seems now that we're starting to slowly move to some reopening. I mean, Ontario has lagged behind uh, British Columbia in terms of opening uh, times. But um, as we start to slowly recover, where do you stand now today as opposed to 12 weeks ago? Uh, Is your hotel now starting to reopen, certain sections, the whole thing? Where are you at today?
0: Well, we are, we are open. We have about uh, half of the hotel open for business at the moment. We've um, the 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 demographic that we're we're looking at right now is completely different than the demographic that we're used to dealing with. Uh, we're a group hotel. Um, uh, we're attached to the convention center, so we we do a lot of citywide business. We do um, an incredible amount of uh, cruise ship business because uh, we're at Canada Place. That's where the cruise ships off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's a very large leader component and a very large group component. And so, that is not at all the demographic that we are getting, obviously, at the moment. So, uh, we're counting on a lot of uh, local, domestic um, uh, business people will be locked in their, their homes for a long period of time and they want to get out, obviously. and. Uh, and, uh, and if they're from the Okanagan, if they're from the island, they might want to come to Vancouver, that sort of thing. And Vancouverites might want to go to the Okanagan. It's all uh, local provincial travel at the moment. Um, uh, you know, as was already pointed out, we've got um, our biggest market for us is the United States. There's there's no doubt about that. And um, and and there's uh, and obviously that's not going to be. Um, has not been happening for,
1: for some time. Of course. So your whole market is, is totally different right now and maybe for the short term, a lot more domestic, obviously. <laughs> Penny, how about uh, your end? I mean, you're an independent hotel, so it's, it's a little bit different from, you know, a bigger chain. But I know you were going through a renovation. Um, you know, the timing on this, I guess, was not um, ideal for the renovation. But you've still been going through that renovation, I understand. Um, are you almost finished that now, or are you starting to scale back and starting to reopen um, more components of the hotel these days?
2: Um, uh, Rosanna, you're right. Uh, we have really planned our renovation project uh, a few years ago right now, and I've been uh, planning for it and working on it. The initial plans was uh, really to start uh, uh, just before uh, the period COVID had hit. Uh, and, uh, you know, needless to say that we have uh, tried as much as possible because, of course, you know, you're, uh, you're working in an environment right now Limited resources, limited uh, access to uh, to uh, to suppliers and uh, service providers. So we tried as much as possible to really advance our uh, renovation project during this period of time. Uh, I think uh, now that the city and the economy and on Ontario is really opening up slowly, slowly, we're uh, trying to really accelerate that process. Uh, We're really very excited, looking forward to uh, really completing all the different stages of the hotel uh, and the different areas, Uh, so we're able to really uh, offer that brand new and exciting product to our guests uh, so they can experience it again.
1: And you've also, I noticed last week, you reopened the patio to to one restaurant, which is part of the hotel. That
2: is right, Uh, finally the day was here. (laughs)
1: One <laughs> it's very exciting. It's like a new opening, well, right?
2: Well, it's, it's exciting for all of us. I mean, you know, it's so great. Uh, I, I think uh, for me, honestly, Rosanna, on Thursday, because we opened one day after, uh, you know, the city has entered uh, stage number two, it was like uh, rain after a long drought. So, so just seeing that level of excitement, Uh, on the face of the team, you know, one or two or three days coming up, going through the training and preparing for this, you know, exciting day, Uh, opening, you know, the patio on the day off, Uh, seeing the guests so happy and delighted just to really be on a patio enjoying the Sun enjoying a a delicious meal and engaging with the staff it was so refreshing especially you know for 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 me and I think for all of us as hospitality professionals having gone through uh, that very uh, sudden uh, need to really shutter doors or uh, you know wind down the operations so yes it was very exciting Uh, one restaurant is our signature restaurant And of course, you know, our patio is very popular, we're very lucky and fortunate. We're so excited to be in a position that we're able to really welcome our guests again.
1: It's great to see that coming back to life. Um, Frank, how about your, um, at your hotel, have the, um, obviously the dining rooms can't open. Have you adjusted to patio? I know you had one location in the back that is like a patio. Um, Has that reopened now or are you still waiting to do that?
3: We have a very large patio in the back. Uh, yes, uh, it's called Deck Lounge. But, yes, it's beautiful. Uh, it, it closed. For, yes, it closed for renovation two weeks before COVID uh, <clears throat> obliged us to shut down. Then we weren't able to complete the renovation because of COVID. Therefore, we started again more or less a month ago, but with uh, restrictions when it comes to capacity, when it comes to contractors being able to work together at the same time at the same place. Distancing, therefore, this patio won't reopen until probably October. And oh, wow. in October, in Toronto, I guess we'll be operating inside the lounge.
1: <laughs> or with the um,
3: lamps. We have another smaller patio outside of the Ritz Bar by the, the, the hotel entrance, which we are considering opening. But the if we have to limit it to 50% of capacity, it's only 18 seats. So therefore, if you limit it to nine, it doesn't bring much atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless. What we did, we started two months ago. We, uh, two months ago now, we launched a uh, pickup uh, service. So it's uh, took up by the Rich Carlton. So it's in, you dine in the comfort of your home and you pick up your food. And we started small. We had a very large operation last week where we served 420 covers so that the wow. dine at home. We, so we developed all these distribution systems through, uh, uh through uh and then we are now considering uh setting through third party distributors um and and potentially uh, developing that into uh, further outside catering in the future so that has opened as as people have been limited or banned from entering our premises for now especially in the in the restaurant and bars we wanted to bring it to them in the comfort of their uh, homes, or to pick up comfort of their homes in the future, and uh, in the or in the offices. However, the offices have also been. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Because yes, yeah,
1: no, no, that's
3: good. Uh, so, in the comfort of their home offices, but uh, you know now with uh, uh, with uh, the restrictions when it comes to coming back or the. The latest uh, wish by the mayor Tory, who to, uh, who asked the five major banks to keep their employees at home until until September. You know we right. have a lot of activity in our area because we are located in between you know the entertainment district, theater district, the uh, the sports arenas, Bay Street, and we're really in the middle of it. But at the moment, it's an area that is relatively quiet. So, uh, so when it comes to uh, to those market segmentations that Gary was mentioning and how affected how it affected him, so for us we are a hotel that works with seventy percent transient, thirty percent group, and uh, those transient are. Uh, I would say uh, 35, uh, I would say 50-50 transient leisure and uh, business. Business mm-hmm. probably will be back until September. So if and when we reopen, and we can talk about that, we will be dedicating our efforts, our marketing efforts, and our, uh, and our services to those high-end leisure markets. But these are going to be limited to, to Canada for now to uh, to local and domestic markets.
1: Right. So even though we're slowly reopening and that's, you know, that's all positive news and we're all happy about that. Realistically, what do you think the next 3 months look like? Because as Frank mentions, you know, a lot of businesses have been asked to remain at home as long as possible through the summer uh, so that it doesn't overburden the TTC in Toronto and Vancouver probably has similar restrictions in some areas. What does that mean for hotels for the next three months? Because we're all very excited to see some of this going on, but it's not what what we want to go back to in terms of reality. It's not full, full market. So what can you, what are you expecting? What's your goal for the next three months? I don't think anybody is really realistically thinking they're going to make money for the next three months. I, I don't think that's the reality. So what is your goal right now as we move into a slower return than than probably what we were expecting? Um, Hanny, did you want to maybe jump in Absolutely. on that?
2: Absolutely, um, I, I, you know, I think it's important and exciting right now that we'll reopen doors. Gary obviously didn't close doors, but I think it's important that Uh, that uh, we uh, just open doors and start welcoming guests again. Uh, You know, you ask about uh, the financial viability of the operation. I think, you know, my colleague Frank over here referred to it. That's going to be a very, very uh, tough uh, task to really achieve. I think the industry collectively needs to be worked hands in hand with government because we all gonna really be needing uh, very uh, very serious government support in this period of time as uh, the industry is able to really uh, stand on its feet again Uh, There have been a number of programs that have been very, very, uh, uh, very helpful and very integral for keeping a lot of the hotels and hospitality institutions afloat. So I think this needs to continue. Uh, I think there need uh, to be more uh, communication on this area and this topic specifically and uh, what can be done in order to really help the hotels. Uh, restaurants, and other hospitality institutions to really regain uh, that uh, financial uh, viability kind of, like, you know, condition. So uh, you've got that part there. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, Rosanna, we're all rewiring right now. Uh, you know, for me, the last, uh, as, as it is with my colleagues and the rest of the industry, we've been all rewriting our playbook, uh, it's just like really, uh, you know, going through every single procedures and assessing it and treating it, some of them, uh, you know, uh, you know, changing them completely. Uh, so we're really ready for a post-COVID uh, hospitality environment. Uh, I can't really wait to really have, uh, you know, the doors open for us to really have the procedures that we really uh, worked on, thought about. Uh, you know, brainstormed uh, uh, about on as well, really implemented uh, and really uh, try to really have our guests re- really enjoy, uh, you know, their their experiences with us as they used to be. There are going to be some changes. There are going to be some adaptability, uh, both from the guest sides and I think, you know, from our side, we're going to really do it. And uh, and then hopefully, you know, we'll... we'll uh, uh, we have uh, happy guests returning to open and, uh, and busy hotels.
1: So what I'm hearing is really that the next three months are going to be more about rebuilding consumer confidence, making guests feel like, you know, they will be safe when they start returning and to set some new protocols for each of your hotels. Gary, would that be a fair assumption that... Uh, this is kind of a, a process, an in-between process to get ready for when things go back to normal.
0: Well, I think it's going to be a while before things actually get back to normal. But uh, but you're 100 right. You know, it's uh, it, it really is all about uh, safety, and um, and you can be perceived uh, as being a, a safe hotel. We've got all kinds of protocols in place, uh, you know, that we that we've um, that we've been working on for some time now. The, um uh, the next three months uh, I, I think it's probably going to remain mainly uh, a domestic experience and a local experience. Um, we're um, uh, we we have a lot of marketing um, people working on on Vancouver and uh, downtown Vancouver at the moment. Our, our local DMO has done a tremendous job. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a destination marketing organization that's been doing a tremendous job, so it's um, it's working. Um, a lot of uh, some other hotels are opening. The Hyatt just opened a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and there are some other larger hotels that are opening right now. Um, but it's um, it's going to come back slowly, and um, and I think it's going to take probably about three months to get to where we even should be.
1: That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, Frank, how about from your perspective?
3: Uh, <clears throat> I would say that I, I would like to uh, to reopen the hotel in the safest possible conditions, but also providing a Im- minimum amount of services. For that, we need to to have uh, certain conditions uh, to to be met. Uh, uh, it's it's it's. I, I don't know if uh, the whole Uh, You know, hotel supply in Canada will be able to make any money just out of the Canadian markets. That's going Mm -hmm. to be a major issue. People are going to be uh, looking for value-added services within their price. And if you wish, like just to maintain an average rate that we used to have, is going to have to be at a certain price. They got. They are going to be uh, increased uh, costs in uh, in certain areas of sure. operation. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to have to bring in two packages that offer value-added items such as, you know, upgrade, breakfast included, access to our club lounge facilities, late checkout, and and the like which are going to be costly uh, in 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 terms of operation but therefore uh, it is so so this could just need to be met but for us the, you know the borders are very very important to the Canadian markets we are linked by the hip to the to the american market we need to get this quarantine lifted at one point in time no one will travel to canada until this quarantine will be lifted um The conditions need to be met in order to get groups to meet uh, for more than 10 people. And when is this going to happen in order to encourage travel? And then confidence. Confidence is something that uh, I believe uh, will take a lot of time. Uh, And confidence is not only... The hotel portion is the whole travel. Who wants to go to an airport and be your temperature measured and wearing the mask and not knowing who is sitting next to you, has the seats in your aircraft been clean? Who is handling your luggage? There's so many, so many items where people are not yet confident yet to travel. So so, sure. so the confidence will take months until until there is confidence back. Now we're gonna have as hoteliers to play our fair share. Uh, with the support of the government, because otherwise, without the CWS and the, sub- the wage subsidy, I don't know how we could operate at even minimum level without those subsidies. And uh, if that is not prolonged, as Hani said, uh, past 29th of August. And if the conditions are not met, and you look at Toronto, just Toronto, we know that we may stand a chance to welcome the National uh, Hockey League. Vancouver, sorry, Gary will not be, <laughs> is not in the mix anymore. But that said, they're looking for a bubble. We are, let's see what kind of bubble we can provide and capacity to do that. Um, so there is a question mark there. Tiff. If it's going to produce 50 movies for now, will those celebrities and studios be able to travel from Los Angeles and New York? Uh, And if they are allowed, uh, and if they are granted permission and exception uh, to do so, how many will be venturing out? Uh, So lots of question mark. Other sports, will they be resuming, question mark. Uh, Business travel, and business travel, we know that for a fact, um uh business meetings will be uh, very often hybrid forms of what uh what we have known and the element of of virtual and digital will be uh will be uh, an element we we cannot avoid therefore what kind of meeting size and constraints will we will we have to be uh meeting. Lots of questions. So my, my hope is that I will be able to, to, to open, given the circumstances, but every day is another day. Every day we are reinventing ourselves. Only today, you know, have we been told, Gary, in Toronto that uh, that everybody will have to be wearing a mask inside buildings. And uh, that, that was not the case until today. Therefore, we had planned to provide the an amenity and the option to be wearing it. Our staff to wear it when you know uh, working at the resorts in Toronto. That said, now every guest will be requested to wear one. So that's a new. Uh, so is that increasing and improving confidence for travelers? Oh.
1: And the reality is, Frank, as you know, and everybody knows, until we get a vaccine, people are not going to have that level of confidence. So we have to operate in this new normal, even though not everybody may feel as comfortable, which which leads me to the question, I guess. Let's talk about what the hotels will look like when they do start to open. Some are opening now, some will take a little bit longer. You talk about cleaning protocols being enhanced. Uh, It seems like hotels everywhere are spending a lot more money on cleaning protocols. Are you going to be able to pass on those additional costs to guests? Because if we don't get a vaccine for another year, another year and a half, and all this intensified cleaning, what does that do for your cost? Is that something that um, you would be able to pass along to to the guest um, from a cost point of view, and what other protocols are you looking at specifically in your hotel operation to introduce in this new normal that we're moving into? So Gary, maybe you can uh, start the the question. I'll uh, start with the answer on that.
0: Well, the, um, it's, it's interesting that uh, you know we, we are trying to reinvent ourselves, you know, as Annie had pointed out a little bit earlier. And the um, what what we're finding is that um, we have to uh, do a lot of things differently. We're currently uh, looking at uh, digital check-ins, as Jean mentioned. We're looking at um, uh, check-in kiosks, so that we can uh, we can reduce those um, uh, you know those touch points and things like that. You know, it's uh, we we can't offer valet parking anymore, and and all of so. A lot of these costs that we are incurring, I don't believe at this point in time we can consider passing on to guests until, uh, until we get into, um, as, uh, as, as Frank uh, just pointed out, we're dealing with local markets right now. And there's not enough of local markets to actually uh, uh, to provide the kind of volume that we can, uh, that we can get to, uh, to pass those types of uh, costs on. Until the international markets open and the U.S. markets, uh, that is, is not going to happen, I don't believe. Um, there are additional costs, but, you know, there are a few savings as well. Um, the, um, the additional cleaning costs and things like that are going to be, they're going to be substantial. And, um, and I think it's the, it's the kind of thing that we're just going to have to absorb for a little while and, until uh, we get a little bit closer to what we consider normal.
1: Okay, Henny. From your perspective as an independent, um, are you doing similar things? Are you doing the mobile check-in? Um, what What does it What does the guest experience look like if I were arriving at your hotel in the next two weeks in this new landscape that we're living? With?
2: Uh, that, uh, great question, Rosanna. I think you know, as Gary was saying, right now. It's uh, a phase of reinvention. We're really looking at every single procedure, step uh, of uh, the guest, uh, in the guest experience, you know, blueprint, uh, and try to really see uh, how can we really change that and, and uh, adapt it to really meet that elevated sense of uh, you know, uh, uh, cleanliness uh, that the guest is really looking for. Uh, so um, you know we're looking at technology, We're looking at, uh, of, of course, you know the the cleaning and sanitization protocols will have to be in place. Uh, we will be having our team wear masks. We will be having our team uh, wear gloves where applicable in some areas. Uh, we uh, have really uh, worked very diligently on really making sure that also uh, we we looked at uh, our uh, uh, procedures back of the house as well not only front of the house and how can we how can we make sure uh, that from the get-go we're providing our guests the safest environment they can really be welcomed in and that's uh, uh, either by ensuring our 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 team are going to really go through uh, temperature checks uh, by ensuring that all the guidelines that we'll be looking to really implement front of the house are really also implemented back of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the team safety and uh, well-being is number one, and I think you know once a team is is really well protected, is also working in a safe and healthy environment, they're able to really uh, you know deliver on uh, the same uh, level of uh, of cleanliness and. Uh, uh, you know, expectation that the guests are are looking for as well. So I think you know, technology is going, is going to be very important. We were looking at the service sequence. Uh, turn down, uh, turn down service. Do we do it? We don't do it. Do we give the guests the option to really choose uh, whether they really want uh, want that? Uh, mm-hmm. Are we gonna really be doing you know uh, uh, housekeeping, or are we are gonna be extending housekeeping service every day? Are we gonna really give the guests the option to choose whether they want to really do that or not? Uh, so all these small little details are really factoring in uh, into really uh, you know that overall guest experience that. We're we're, we're, uh, we're aiming to really deliver uh, as soon as we, we open our doors.
1: So, what, what's the uh, thought on amenities like the pool area or the spa uh, or all the, you know, other extra services that most hotels provide these days? Um, I've been doing a lot of reading, and you know, some hotels have reopened, but the spa is closed, um, the gym is closed, and 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 I'm the question that comes to my mind is. You're reopening, but you're not providing all the normal services. What kind of experience does that really create for the guests? Are you looking to um, to keep those services closed for the next three months? For the next, you know, I know it's, it's hard because we don't know where we're going, but what's your feeling on that? Um, maybe, Gary, you can speak to that.
0: Well, we... Um we opened our spa uh, about uh, two weeks ago. And, um, and it's been, um, uh, they, they have the, their own distancing rules and things like that. And, and it's been working out rather well for them. Um, and it's been uh, working out very well for the hotel. We, um, we opened our pool just last week. Uh, we have uh, lots of signage out there, lots of distancing signage and things like that. We got all of the chairs um, uh, put in at certain distances uh, away from each other. Um, we have um, pool attendants, and um, we have cameras. Uh, all we installed additional cameras in the pool area so that so we can ensure that people are distancing. Interesting. Um, the um, with regards to our, our, our food and beverage offerings, we, we are open for we we have our regular restaurant open for breakfast. And um, we have our 5 sales dining room, which is our fine dining restaurant. And they just renovated during the closure, by the way. That 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 whole restaurant is absolutely gorgeous. They've done a beautiful job. And uh, so that is open for lunch and for dinner. Um, we uh, we are not providing any room service at the moment. We we do have uh, a pickup uh, service. People can take mm-hmm. their room. Um, we uh, and, and that's, uh, well, I don't know about Ontario, but that's in the BC guidelines. We're not allowed to enter a guest room uh, while a guest is occupied the room. And we are, uh, we are at the moment uh, uh, leaving our rooms vacant for uh, 48 hours prior to a new guest into that room, all of those types of procedures. So our services are somewhat suffering. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, the valet parking, we don't do that type of thing, and uh, so uh, and and believe uh, as you can all appreciate, we are hearing about it, but we're trying to be as safe as we possibly can.
1: Of we're course, trying
0: many services as we can. Um, but uh, I think it will start loosening up as people get a little bit more comfortable with it.
1: Okay. Kenny, how about from your perspective? Is your spa still closed, or um, what are you doing on that front?
2: That, that is right. So, so as you know, uh, Rosanna, we mentioned earlier, we're still working very hard to really uh, com- uh, finish our renovation in the different areas. Uh, as you know, we're very lucky to really have our restaurant or you know patio open right now. Uh, so uh, this will continue to really be available for our guests when we open. Uh, the the idea is to really um, you know have the spa available, of course after we have implemented all the safety uh, and cleaning uh, procedures in place, I think the College of Massage Therapists have allowed really Uh, treatments to really happen, uh, you know, withstanding that they are really following the guidelines issued by the, by the college itself. Uh, And uh, we as a hotel, of course, we're going to really be making sure that we're, we're implementing our protocols in the same space as well. In regards to the gym, we look at it uh, uh, in in the same light. Um, It's all about making sure that the environment and the space is really safe. For anyone being in it, uh, we're considering uh, a uh, uh, buy appointment or reservations kind of like a process to make sure that we're managing the number of of guests in the space itself. Uh, We're looking at capacity um, uh, guidelines as well. Uh, so all those small details are, are, are really being uh, looked at. Uh, but you know, in theory, the idea is to really uh, have as many uh, uh, services and outlets uh, available. Uh, so uh, we will be offering, you know, a valet service. Uh, we're going to really try to uh, be as cautious as we do that. Uh, but we think it's very integral to the arrival experience. And without it's going to be very disruptive for many of our guests arriving to the. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so, yeah.
1: so so So, yeah. let's talk a little bit about food service. And I know we're not open as normal yet, but moving forward, as you do get to that more, more and more every day, how will the food service experience change in hotels? Because, you know, hotels are known for their large buffet breakfast and, you know, communal tables in some respect, room service, as you mentioned, Gary. Um, until we get a vaccine, what are those services going to look like from a food service perspective so obviously i know restaurants will have to have physical distancing but do you see buffet breakfast being a thing of the past moving forward do you see room service also being a thing of the past um so maybe those two areas are something we can start with and then uh, I know, uh, Frank. You mentioned that you were doing a lot of takeout, and and you know, for your guests or for people who wanted to to have food in their home, will that be maybe something that you see continuing in this new six month period, perhaps moving forward? So, Gary, uh, maybe you can start with uh, with that from a breakfast point of view, and then the other two can jump in. Um,
0: we we used to have a very large breakfast buffet, uh, and it was uh, it was the focal point of our restaurant, and. Uh, we have completely closed that down uh, at the moment. We, we are not doing any buffet service. Uh, BC um, guidelines just came out, some new ones just came out a little while ago that said you could do action stations and that sort of thing as long as it was staffed. Um, and they're now uh, moving a little bit towards uh, the fact that as long as you have sanitizers, you have people sanitizing, hey, you, can, you can do that. Our, uh, our actual view on that sort of thing was mainly to have Small pre-portioned um, uh, items in a buffet setting. We haven't done it yet, but that is our plan. So the people just pick up an item, put it, up, take it to the table. So they're not using uh, utensils um, that right. by other people, and that sort of thing. And and there's some very attractive packaging that's coming out with that. You know, it's um, it's, it, I think I don't know if buffets will be a thing of the past. I think you'll see different buffets. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a volume thing than, than, than anything when it comes to that food service. Um, now, uh, I've already talked about room service. We, we, we're not uh, actually doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We will probably move in the future to uh, uh, a different type of room service where we will uh, maybe roll the room service card up to in front of the, the guest door. And then the guests will have to come out and get it back to the door themselves. Uh, that's another option we've been discussing. Um, food service, when it comes to, uh, uh, to you know, the, the regular lunch and, and dinner meals, it's very much the same as you see in a lot of the restaurants that are open uh, already. You know, with a lot of mass service, we have different people delivering the, the food that are taking away, uh, away the food and that, um, and that sort of thing.
1: Okay. Um, Frank, did you want to add to that?
3: On which one? On the on the cleaning on, on, on the any spa? Of the food um, service
1: offerings moving forward? How they would change for you once you do open and you're you're back to some kind of
3: yeah, some activity? Everything, you know, as it is for the spa, as it is for communication with the guests. We will be offering uh we will be offering uh messaging, which is available on all Bonvoy app, which is for Marriott. Uh, loyalty uh, membership system and you can actually do uh, you can do check-in mobile uh, and you also uh, we can provide your key directly to you it's contactless then we'll be we will be continuing to do that 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 said luxury is about having choice so even with those constraints we will have to continue providing choice, otherwise we there will be no differentiation between a luxury product. Very true. And other brands. Therefore, yes, if you wish to have a packaged uh, like a you know uh, uh, like a delivered uh, you know in room dining to your door and packaged like a, yeah like a, like a pickup service or delivery service, that's fine. we can do that. We will offer the choice. It's like Valley. We will offer the choice still of of driving and you're taking your car. Uh, Of course, respecting all uh, safety measures. Uh, But in in food and beverage, I agree with Gary. I think that buffet will continue to exist in different formats. We have a club lounge where we already in the past served individual portions on a buffet, but individualized portions that will continue. We will probably... Uh, continue to distance that, we'll probably wrap it differently. But, uh, you know, in-room dining, we will offer to, to serve you in the guest room, provided you're comfortable with it. Uh, now, to the point where we are going to enter the room at this stage, it's too early. And uh, so so I don't believe we, we, we are going to do that, but we are going to be providing the normal in-room dining experience. You might be able to open the bottle of wine outside, put it in the link, even something, and let the the, the the trolley come into your guest room. Buffets, uh, even in large spaces, will probably continue to exist. They will have to be entirely covered and served. So here is an extra cost where people will, will not be Self-serving, you know. And when you have 200, 250 conferences, it is it is you, you cannot impose having those uh, meals served at the table. But you can offer alternative uh, to that. Um, restaurants uh, w- will be um, the experience will be different because of uh, currently physical distancing, because of a mask. Right. If I look at you like that now, am I upset? Am I happy? Am I smiling? <laughs> Can you hear, can you feel, can you feel the pulse? Can you hear me? Can you, no. So all, all what makes, what, what, what is different for luxury, which is the ability to establish a connection, to read emotions is being taken away by distance. Of course. By protection, by PPEs and, uh, and by, 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 by norms. So this sterilization of everything is a major threat to luxury experiences and we we need to reinvent all these interactions still fighting choice and still make profits and that is the big question
1: and and you raise a really excellent point and one that I really want to tackle today and that is the whole experience of luxury you know luxury is a whole different connotation and now as you say frank it's being brought down to its lowest level because Every hotel has become the same. You know, you can't have extras in the room. You can't do all these things that you normally were used to. So what does that do for luxury moving forward? Uh, I mean, we're going to be living in this environment, probably at the minimum for another year, I would assume. We don't have the answers, but... What will that do to the luxury, you know, the, uh, the luxury definition? And also, Hany, I mean, you talk about hospitality quite a lot. And, and, you know, you've written a great piece for our magazine and for some other uh, social media recently about what the industry has done with the hospitality and the heart uh, and community spirit. How is this going to change the hospitality industry? Because it is becoming more and more clinical and more and more sterile. Are people going to be able to still come into a hotel and feel that sense of joy and happiness that that experience brings? I would think as luxury operators, that has got to be on your mind a lot these days. How are we going to reinvent ourselves so that we can still provide those essential luxury components? Um, Hany, maybe you can can you sure. speak to that.
2: Sure, sure. Rosanna, I think, you know, you're bringing forward uh, a, a very... A very complicated, complex, kind of like an issue that uh, we as hospitality professionals right now are trying to really figure out. Uh, The the crisis, you know, started not long ago. And I think, you know, things continue to change, as uh, Frank just mentioned right now. You know, masks in Toronto are mandatory today, Uh, meaning, you know, now we are going to really ask our guests to really be wearing masks and so on. Uh, However, I I really want to really take the... uh, the long view here, and uh, I, I know really well that we are a very resilient industry. Okay, hospitality professionals are optimists by nature. We're life, lo- uh, we're uh, life-loving individuals. We're we're life story This is where people come out to really celebrate, to enjoy, uh, to create mm-hmm. uh, memories that are gonna really last, uh, you know, for the rest of their lives. And I do believe that. You know, this is not the first time humanity, society, uh, you know, uh, uh, the economy is facing a crisis. We faced many crises before. And every time we really adapted, we adjusted, uh, we reinvented, and we came up with solutions. People would love to travel. Uh, the human spirit, you know, yearn to travel and learn and discover. And we're gonna, all going to continue to do that. We're not going to sit at home. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, keeping that in mind, yes, there are going to be uh, small challenges or a reinvention that we need to go through, that's totally fine. We're going to really try to really do it. Uh, so I'm not really you know, worried about that. I mean, uh, and I, I, I'll speak about 9-11 and when it happened and, and, and the impact it had on the world of travel. And uh, some of the measures that were implemented continue to live with us today. Did we change? Did hospitality change? Maybe yeah, I changed a bit, but we all adapted and we mm-hmm. continue to live our lives. A uh, vaccine created tomorrow will change the game completely. And I do believe as much as we're fixated on a vaccine, I think we need to really be working collectively today to implement those procedures, protocols, initiatives that is going to really regain the consumer confidence and add the fastest way possible. Uh, because really as an industry, hospitality, we are the first impacted and we're going to be the last to really recover. So it's sure. within our interest to really work collectively. Okay, as one whole body and hands in hands with governments to really make sure that we're implementing the tools, the measures, the, pro- the procedures, or whatever we're wanna call them, that are gonna really help to really regain that consumer confidence, right? I understand it's a sterilized experience right now, but slowly, slowly, we're gonna really figure out how to really bring that human aspect uh, back into it. Uh, I think, you know, as hospitality, uh, you know, professionals right now, uh, we need to really, it, it, and especially at this time, right? As everyone's coming out, as everyone's trying to really figure out how this hotel experience is going to really look like, what does it mean to me? How do I feel again when I'm in a hotel, when I'm mm-hmm. talking to them, with them out? that we engage with our guests emotionally, that we engage with them, uh, you know, with sen- sensitively? right uh, you know we're all coming out from a phase that really impacted us you know that was your first question at the beginning how did it impact you and i think you know covid impacted us all of us in and yes in some similar ways but all of us in many different ways and made us really take a pause and really reassess mm-hmm. and reconsider and rethink you know maybe luxury right now for a lot of guests is not going to be uh, that opulent uh, thing that we really, you know, give them. So what is mm-hmm. today? And I think this is where that human factor, us hospitality professionals come in with our, uh, you know, uh, emotional intelligence uh, and our ability to really connect with the guests on a humane level uh, and try to really understand what do they need? How can we really, you know, provide it to them, right? And take it from there. That's how I really look at this.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you for that, Hani. Gary, did you want to add to that?
2: Well, I uh,
0: you know I agree with a lot of a lot of points. You know, it's um, what I find uh, interesting in the luxury hotel segment is uh, what we're really all about is service. You know, it's uh, and it's about that connection to the guests and things like that. Um, In a lot of cases, it's going to be um, it's going to be all about trying to enhance service levels even higher than they already are. it's uh, and and also Annie mentioned you know we right now it is a very sterile type of atmosphere that people are are, are coming into and uh, I agree that that will evolve over time um, I think uh, we do have to reinvent ourselves and we have to just remain uh, and you know just just keep remembering we are full service luxury hotels and it's um, the service is the biggest part of it.
1: Okay. Frank,
0: any, any thoughts on this question? I, I I
3: agree with Honey, but Honey is is by nature, and I know him a little. <laughs> he's extremely optimistic, and he's, you know, and you know, I'm always amazed at his optimism, and I want to be like Honey when I, when, you know, <laughs> when you teacher, grow up,
1: when you grow when up. I, go
3: up. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, and I agree with you, Gary, as well, uh, that uh, and with Honey, uh, we will prevail. We are reinventing ourselves. we have got to get out stronger because we are probably eliminating things that are not absolutely needed. Very true. And in on those things that are going to be absolutely critical for the guest experience. A guest that has been battered. A guest who is psychologically charged, fearful, and not confident about the future. A guest who prefers to stay and grow a vegetable in their own garden that come out even to have a drink. Uh, with their friends. So that's gonna take an awful amount of time. What I believe is that in the history of modern hospitality, never ever have we seen that. Not 9-11, not 2008, not during SARS, not during any crisis, Mm -hmm. including the world wars. At no point, the industry has been devastated to the point of in a couple of weeks, for all Marriott hotels, which is a, a fair amount of hotels, they and lost a week, in a, in ten days ninety over ninety percent of its business, including up to fifty percent of its hotels closed. never in the history of hospitality or airline in the travel industry history. So. As much as this has come to us extremely strong, the, the return is not going to be as quick and it's, it's going to take some time. So I look at it positively and optimistically because we are human, uh, humans are social animals and we'll want to continue enjoy our wonderful mm-hmm. services, but it's just going to be on the timeline, it's going to take a long time. And possibly, as you mentioned before, until the vaccine is found, administered, and we're going to get back to a kind of normalcy that uh, we once enjoyed.
2: That, but Rosanna, it, it allow me to just jump in a bit. Uh, of course. I just wanted to tell Frank that something he doesn't know, that every day in the morning I wake up, and the first thing in my mind, I want to be Frank Arnold. What shall <laughs> I
1: <laughs> so you both want to eat eat each bad. other, yes. right?
2: Tell me, what tell,
3: tell me what you eat in the morning, there, Please. <laughs> so
2: that's number one. So, one thing I wanted to add to you, and I, I and and I understand, you know, what Frank you know was referring to, and I don't want to really be overly too optimistic, but not pragmatic. And I am sorry if I did not really, you know, express that uh, very clearly. I do believe we're gonna have a very tough period. Ahead, it's going to be painful. Uh, adapting, adjusting, rethinking, reinventing—all this is going to really take a lot of focus, a lot of resources, a lot of uh, a lot of businesses going to be hurt. I mean, you know, Frank uh, and Gary just mentioned the importance of the U.S. market uh, for us as Canadians. I mean, today, if we look at, at the uh, the COVID case uh, data in the U.S. or south of the border, does not. Something that is reassuring. So please do not misunderstand my positivity with the fact that all these challenges won't exist, are not here facing us. Uh, but I do believe that sooner or later uh, we're gonna really uh, prevail. But there will be there will be some pain. There will be some pain on the short term, on the on the mid, on the mid uh, uh, medium term, um, and we need to really figure out how we're gonna really work together to really uh, you know survive this period of time.
1: All valid points. And I think, you know, the the bottom line is, I guess, do you think that all of these changes that we're living through today, a year or two from now, when this is hopefully all behind us, do you think we can reinvent a better industry? Has this pause given us an opportunity to look at some of the problems that have, have existed and maybe given us uh, a chance to look at things in a different light is is that something that is a possibility? Can we actually merge stronger after this period?
3: Well, it depends on which standpoint you are uh, how what you look you know if you look at the great old past and uh, you know some people are still you know you know missing some of uh,
1: yeah
3: all the uh, traditional classic uh, service, and I think no, we will come out uh, with uh, possibly a room that is all elements of, of this experience that are going to be much safer to, to experience. I just hope that we're not going to lose its humanity.
1: Right, no, I understand what you're saying. Gary, any thoughts on that end? You know, I think
0: we will emerge a little bit stronger because I think we're all much more aware of these types of things and how these can happen and how easily it can happen. Um, you know, when you when you look at, I just wanted to touch on uh, on one thing that, uh, that Hannah just said. You know, it's just the amount of time that it's going to take. Uh, it, it's not just uh, the opening the borders and the travel and things like that. it's whole industries like the airline industry, um, they're going to be suffering for quite a few years. You know, you've got the cruise markets, but uh, I don't think you'll see the cruise markets uh, return to where they were for uh, quite a few years. You know, it's um, they've uh, they took a a really big beating in the news media. And I think very, very difficult for them to, to bounce back to the volumes that they were doing before.
1: Good points. And obviously your hotel depends a lot on that market. Although I hear statistics that, you know, August cruises are are back strong, stronger than everybody anticipated. So who, who really knows? Um, I guess to wrap up, because I know everybody's busy and I don't want to keep you very much longer. Um, Looking back at the last three, three and a half months of this experience, what has been the biggest lesson for you? Um, as a hotelier, as an individual, as a, as a regular citizen, what can you look back and go, wow, this has really opened my eyes on this issue and it's going to change me you know, for the long term? Um, Frank, maybe start with you.
3: Never take things for granted. <laughs>
1: For sure, especially how quickly this all happened. So that's a very succinct answer, but but totally understand that one. Gary, how about from you?
0: You know, I think uh, the thing uh, is: it more about a learning experience, or is it more about practicing what you already know that you haven't practiced as much in a long time? You know, it's uh, it, 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 the the amount of compassion uh, that was required to try and get us through this. When you when you talk about your uh, uh, you know, your associates and uh, other people that you're dealing with, suppliers and all of that kind of thing. Um, patience is uh, is something that is, um, is, some people call it a virtue, but all of those things are something that uh, really shine when it comes to this type of thing.
1: Great answer. And Hany, I know you, you guys did a great job at the, at the beginning with pivoting to helping the community, and that was very heartwarming um, and great to see. You must have some interesting lessons you learned through all of this process.
2: Um, absolutely, I think, you know, Rosanna, um, if, if I look back, I think, you know, for me, uh, it just really emphasizes the importance of leadership. Uh, leadership in, in everything we do and, 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 and about everything. Uh, you just really referred to uh, the Hazelton Cares, you know, food initiative. Uh, we've got a crisis, we shuttered our doors, You know, so how are we going to really be useful to our community? How are we going to be useful to our city and our country? How can we help? Uh, And I think this is where the Hesatan Cares Initiative or how it was born. Uh, so I think for me, you know, uh, I'm I'm I look around and I and I assess, you know, and I'm learning and I'm trying to absorb uh, everything, like my colleagues here, friend and Gary, and learn from it. And, and you know, uh, for, for me, you know, le- leadership stands up as uh, such an important element that we need to really, you know, uh, you know, keep in mind the importance to remain calm. The importance to uh, you know think and look uh, you know think strategically, uh, have that you know uh, uh, long-term uh, you know vision and sight, and uh, figure out what needs to be done today in order to really get us across, right? And uh, that boils down to the leadership, the people, the team, uh, the community, the efforts working together, uh, and I think that's so critical. And that's gonna be it's gonna be so critical for for. For 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 the industry surviving, you know the community working together for us as as a city and as a community and as a country, you know, uh, supporting each other during this period of time uh, until better days uh, come across.
1: Well, those are all great answers, and I thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, unfortunately, our time is up. I, I know everybody is busy and we could go on forever on this topic because there's so much we don't know about the next few months and the next year. Uh, but I realize everybody's schedule is pretty full. So um, thank you again for the time to be here today to share your observations, your insights, your expertise, and, and Hany, your positivity. <laughs> Um, which is great. After almost four months of being immersed in this new reality, I think we are finally starting to see some green shoots. And I know they're very, very small at this point, but I also know the road ahead um, will be paved with a lot of challenges for everybody moving forward. But I, as Hanny and, and, and everybody has said, this is a very resilient industry. So I believe that uh, we will all get through it probably stronger and better Uh, A lot of pain along the way, but we'll get there. So I wanted to say thank you again. Good luck to all of you in your journeys ahead. And uh, hopefully when we get together next time, everything is much, much better. And we'll uh, we'll all be toasting in a different way. So thanks again. And above all, stay safe.
0: We appreciate you joining us for this episode of The Checking In Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to rate and review our show. Also, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button. For additional resources related to today's episode, please visit our website, hoteliermagazine.com. Until next time.